Welcome everybody to episode 74 of the Metal Cell podcast and it's a great episode indeed. I hope you enjoyed the opening track that was from Rest of Nation. For those that don't know too much about Rest of Nation, they are a seven-piece, I suppose, alternative electronic crossover band from Dublin. And that was their brand new single, Coma, which is released on May the 29th. And of course, it was recorded, mixed and mastered by Mick Richards at Track Mix Recording Studios. Shout out to Mick for doing a fantastic job on that. And that's going to be the first single off their new EP titled Lucidium. Rest of Nation formed in 2014 and they released their debut EP, We A Trophy, in 2018. So the band spent much of 2019 producing the follow-up and the single is the first of hopefully two or three more. Big shout out to Chris, Kieran, Ben, Kian, Tony, Neil and John. And um, check out all their stuff on social media. They're very prominent on that side of things. So fair play, lads. And uh, it's great to have a new single to listen to during these strange times. Okay, on to the main part of the show. The guests I have this week are Razor Sharp Death Blizzard from Edinburgh in Scotland. We had a great crack during the interview. The lads are brilliant. They gave a great insight into the workings of their band. So thanks again to Jamie, Daz, Liam and Ross. Before I go into the interview, I just want to give you a heads up on the band that are providing the music to finish the show out, it is of course Enshroud with their new single Open Vein. Enshroud, if you like your death metal, and it, and to be fair, there's a bit of groove metal thrown in as well. These lads have got it. They are fantastic. Um, that's their third single. The first one was Shattered Inside. Then they followed that up with Bound in the Sacrifice, which I had on the show a few weeks ago. And now this is their new one. So check it out. Check out all their stuff on Bandcamp. They will have a new EP hopefully for us pretty soon. As I said, huge fan. And that's it. I'm going to move on to the main interview. Enjoy your weekend. Hello, everybody. This is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Razor Sharp, Death Blizzard. I've got Jamie, Liam, Daz and Ross. How are we, lads? All good. 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 Yeah, thanks for coming on. How are things over in Edinburgh, actually? Are you all roughly around that area, or are you kind of spread out a bit more? Yeah, we're, we're kind of spread out in the Scottish borders, about 40 miles south of Edinburgh. Okay. Middle of nowhere. <laughs> are none of you near a city, like, no? No. No. Not really, no. Jamie's probably the closest, is he? Uh, okay. Maybe. Uh, possibly. I'm about oh, 35, 40 minutes away from Edinburgh. Okay, and where do you have a where do you practice then, lads? We we rehearse in this old mill in a place called Selkirk, which is I heard quite of a, Selkirk. I've heard of it before. That's it was where, where William Wallace became the patron saint of Scotland. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah. And but we we, we rehearse in this. Irish love that fucking movie. That's <laughs> <laughs> <As> Irish. <laughs> We rehearsed in this old mill there that I used to work in, in at the end of the 80s, early 90s, uh, an old textile mill. Okay. Oh, it's kind of it's kind of strange. It closed down at the end of the then the early 90s, and then a friend of a friend of mine's uh, bought it for as a storage place. So 
sort of most of the bands in the Scottish borders now are, are kind of located in this place. So Very it's good. quite good. Yeah. But as I say, it's it's like forty miles from, from Edinburgh. Okay. So it's close enough for all of you. You're not travelling two hours to get to a practice or anything like that, no? No, it's for for me it's thirteen miles from my house to the rehearsal place. Go away, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm an hour away, so I want to ask you as well, because I, I always forget it, and people just fucking always say it to me, um, where did the band name come from? Just get it out of the way early. <laughs> you know, tell the story does on me. Somebody else want to have a stab. Well, I remember, I remember this slightly different for you, Jamie, because I, I was positive. We're all drummer, Dino. The way J- Jamie tells the story is he, he came into practice and he, he used it to describe the weather. But I remember, I, th- I thought he'd said that it was actually a Edinburgh Evening News poster that a woman had died in a razor-sharp death blizzard. <laughs> because there was a woman had been... We'd had really bad weather and there was a woman killed. That's uh, <laughs> not how I remember it. Maybe I was smoking something, I don't know. But I, I was sure we were, we were taking the piss out of him for um, not having a jacket in jacket. Yeah, really bad snow and he walked through a razor sharp death blizzard. Yeah, Jesus, I've been in I've been in Edinburgh in January for the birthday, and fuck me, that's a different level of cold compared to we'll say Pittsburgh, where I would have went a few times to visit the father-in-law, and that was kind of minus twenty in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. where you're where the, literally the snot would be freezing on your nose and you're crunching your nose, you know. But I found Edinburgh. <laughs> Was a fucking different level of fucking freezing entirely. Yeah, it's in, in Edinburgh in Scotland. It's a wet cold because I've been over in um, around about Niagara when it's been really cold and it was about minus the same as what you're saying minus twenty, and it's it was cold but it was dry cold so it didn't feel the same. Yes, I think that's the difference. The dry cold. I must congratulate you now, lads, because ye thankfully gave me a preview of the album and if I was a reviewer five stars out of five absolutely fucking brilliant I've been living with it for the last week and a half and it's just class, top quality What do you think of the guitar? The guitar? <laughs> the man up there, Jesus Christ riff, riff master himself What do you think of his solos? <laughs> so He's nice. been a bit sad this was it, a, was it a Kirk Hammett situation? He's <laughs> tear in his eye. <laughs> if I could have given him a hug, I would have given him a hug. Oh, for fuck's sake. He's a poor lad. You know, I don't care. It makes a change. I actually got a mention, really. Kind of complimenting me for a change in a review. I was like, fucking hell. Daz, despite the lack of leads, it makes it angrier, okay? It's one of those things that's like, when I listened to a song, if I thought it needed a lead, it would have got a lead. It didn't. And the solo in Suicide was, even when I wrote the song, that was that was what I wanted to do, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. if you had it tapping and all oh, that crap over the top of it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, totally, totally unnecessary, you know? Nothing, um, against, nothing against guys that do that, but... You know, I'm not the best solo player, so... Lads, you all stepped up to the mark, every one of you. I mean, fucking hell. 
the rhythm section, Ross and Liam, absolutely tight as a duck's arse, man. <laughs> Depends what kind of dog. Duck. He's <laughs> <laughs> <Is> a drummer. <laughs> and uh, Jamie, brilliant as always, needless to say. Fantastic. Why did you decide to go with Chris? Again, Chris Fielding, shout out to him, basis with Conan. He went to Fold Studios in Wales, is it? It makes us sound good. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's uh, the last time was painless. Um, and we just thought, we should do the same again. I mean, he, he knows his stuff. He kicks us into shape. We have to repeat things so many times. His ear is fantastic. His tips and his help towards us, um, songs he helped us with, even some of the lyrics in some of the songs this time. <laughs> There's some choice words but it was like why do you just say cunt <laughs> yes <laughs> so we put that in nah no, he's, he's fantastic and it was great for me this time it was, I worked for myself so the last time I went to, I got down oh yeah that's right you missed a few songs didn't you no nah, yeah well I just uh, got down to do the vocals the last time but this time I, I managed to catch um, Ross putting the bass down and stuff so I got to see a bit more um, yeah, that's mad. Great. Full studio is fantastic. Hasn't he another studio as well, or am I wrong? Is it Sky something? Skyhammer, yeah. yeah. Uh, they have a studio there called Skyhammer, but I think um, Chris has kept the name Skyhammer for just for business sense, I think. so. Um, okay. He's got his own studio at home, so mixing desk, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he does all the recording and things at full. Yeah. As a drummer, Liam, is he um, a good engineer for you? Yeah, I thought so. It sounded it sounded way bigger than you could have possibly thought <laughs> when you hear it back. Yeah, back the snare the snare's probably one of the biggest snares I've ever heard. I think. Cool. Yeah, because I've had a few producers on it, and every single yeah. one go. We love working with drums more than anything else, you know. So you got the attention you deserved. Yeah, we we turned up and there was a DW drum kit there, so I was happy with a massive bass drum. <laughs> So what way did you work? Did uh, drums get recorded first, or bass, or yeah, yeah, we did a day on the drums, and that was then. I think it was guitar after that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you just did the day, the whole album on one day and for the drums. Yeah. Fucking beast, Jesus. To, to be to be fair, we did we did practice it for like probably more than a year. <laughs> so we had slightly practice before Still, the studio. It, it cuts the cost down. I mean, if they to do another day or two with you on the drums, you know. I think in his, to his credit, quite a lot of it was one take on the drums. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's facing. Just the odd bit. Just the odd bit. Jamie wasn't there to see the genius. You <laughs> <laughs> feel it. Is it hard to get praise from him, Liam, is it? Ah, it's all right, I suppose. <laughs> he, he, we, we mostly take the piss out of him, so I can't really can't really say much, to be honest. <laughs> so guitars were next then, Daz. How long were you at them? Yeah, yeah that's, that's brutal. Aye, that was I mean, brutal. It, it, it's, essentially, there's like six guitar tracks, like uh, three different amps. So, like, the first one was the Mode 4, which is the, the amp I play live. Two sort of tracks with that. Then the GCM 2000 DSL or TSL, TSL, I think, with a Tube Screamer 
So two tracks with that, and then 5150 with a tube screamer. So that's kind of why the guitar sound is as huge as they do. Do you often kind of worry then how that's going to translate live? No, not really, because I mean, the way it kind of works anyway is I have my sound. It, I think the beauty for us, that when we go into a recording studio and that, it's like I'm not having to chase tone because everything's kind of written a certain way that it, it's designed to be played live. So I'm not having to figure out, like, my clean sound's my clean sound and the heavy sound's the heavy sound, pretty much. Okay. So Chris has got a really, really good ear. Mm. And after working on the, the first album, I think pr very quickly kind of he figured out what I liked and what I didn't like. Okay. Uh, I mean, that was why it was a no-brainer to go back there sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Ross, Chris, being a bass player with Conan. Oh, what a band live. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, must be a dream to work with him. Yeah, it was good. He was, uh, he was really easy to work with. What, what kind of kit had he for you as a bass player? Uh, as soon as I walked in, I saw the Ampeg SVT head. And I was using that as soon as I saw it. <laughs> Class. And, <laughs> and, and did you spend much time laying down the tracks a day? Uh, I'll think I'd done the first few songs in a day. And then that's when Jamie showed up. So okay. me and Jamie kind of split between him doing his vocals and me doing my bass. Mm. And there was a curry somewhere in between, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> <It's still> there. <laughs> <laughs> is there any boozers near the place, is there? No, it's like... No, in the... <laughs> no that, that, that's another story. Was the last night we were recording, and Liam and I went to the shop to get some beer, so we went to the shop with 20 beers and we were driving back, we were 10 minutes back through, the roads are horrendous by the way, 10 minutes back and thought, that's not enough beer, so I was like, the shop was shut and I was like, shit, where the fuck are we going to go, so we ended up in, what was it, Welsh food, at a Tesco, came back with 48 bottles of beer or something, so we were well oiled. Nice. Nice. I'm sure you have to fucking celebrate that. That was October and November, was it, of last year? November. Uh, Jamie, lyric-wise, had you everything ready going into the studio? Was there any last-minute decisions? Uh, part, part, one word by one or two words for Chris. Actually, the night before, I sat on my laptop just finishing off some songs. Um, there's one autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> there's some lyrical genius in that. Yes, there is, yeah. Pissing myself laughing when I was writing it in a way. <laughs> I knew what it was. It, I think um, Daz started it off and uh, <clears throat> we changed it slightly and then we kind of came back. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, so it's, it's kind of... I think Daz could probably tell the story better than me. <laughs> it's, um wasn't a personal experience, was it, Daz? Auto erotic physics. I'm getting really, I'm getting really bit honest. It, it was kind of pissy at first, but it was kind of based on the fact that I'd watched a documentary about in excess. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Michael Hutchinson. Yeah. Yeah, because I really used to like. There was an in excess live at Wembley, and I had it on tape years ago in, a, in my car, mm. and. 
I actually, you know, I listen to those types of music. I actually really quite liked In Excess for a while. And it was kind of, I kind of had the thoughts about, the, obviously, the fact that that, that was how he died, thing, you know? Mm. And the song ended up with a kind of working title of Chokewank. So and it was just a kind of, it was kind of pissy because that was one of those songs that <sighs> the music was written probably six months before the kind of lyrics even sort of came into play. And it was a really hard one because it's really hard, kind of hard to, I didn't have anything in my head. Normally when I write the music, I maybe have a, like an idea and I can give it to Jamie and he can run with it. Mm. But with, it was kind of, there was no idea on anything. So I hadn't even thought about like rhythmically how the chorus would work or how the verse would work or anything. And then obviously we were getting closer and closer to the album being kind of ready to record. And the pressure starts mounting and you're, you're kind of like, it, you know, it's quite hard to figure out what rhythmically the, the lyrics are going to do. But uh, as I say, we kind of sat and had a writing session one day and, and kind of it was like, right, that's what it's going to be about, you know? There's Tor enough politics. Torture and pain, torture and pain. Yeah, there was enough politics in it anyway, so it was... Yeah. We'll just do a quick run-through, if you don't mind. The title, Jamie, The World Is Fucked. Do you realise that you came up with that title i think was it i have it down here you in a 2016 interview you said the world is fucked and we all need to stand up against the cunts taking us down how about that 2016 you said it that was probably when i wrote that was probably when i wrote some of the lyrics for that yeah, yeah probably i mean it's you want me to tell the, the real story behind this song absolutely go for it this song technically isn't it wasn't it about anything political this song was technically about a previous member's girlfriend. <laughs> and without going on ends out to the, the story, I don't think she kind of liked me very much. And he kind of, he left the band the day the album, uh, the, uh, You Will Burn, the day that album was released, he left the band. So did I technically as well, kind of thing. There was a bit of a falling out. But that song, the, the kind of the nucleus of that song started kind of from that because it seemed that he was being told what to do by this his girlfriend at the time, and the "I'm the God of Everything" kind of line and stuff. Uh, that's where all that came from. Okay. And then obviously Jamie kind of censored some of it and did his own twist on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But what the lyrics are, I can't remember shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a perfect title, I must say, to be fair, at this in time. Um like a definitely really Yeah. The next song then, Fascist. Um Ross, that was a great bass intro, man. Nice and punky too. Yeah, yeah that was that was hard work to get the speed up when I was recording. Go so on, yeah. The past one. <laughs> what was the the story behind fascist i know it's probably self-explanatory but um you, you put the lyrics to it obviously jamie did you or? fascist fuck me it's really it, one song that probably in just under two minutes kind of says what we are about just fucking understand the whole thing of fascism and i 
cannot understand how it's still alive today. It just fucking beggars belief. Mm. It really does. And um, just the chorus of fascist scum run and hide. There's nowhere for you to hide. It's like, because there isn't, and there's no place for it. And we all know somebody's got these fascist leanings, and it's like, what is wrong with you? It's like, it, it boils my piss. Mm. Yeah. They weren't hugged enough as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, you, you explained auto-erotic asphyxiation. Quite a great title, man. Um, you should maybe actually put the proper lyrics. As I say, Jamie kind of... It's on, it's on a band camp. Yeah, but the original... You've kind of sanitised some of them from... I've probably got of, it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I think... Did it need censoring, yeah? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next song I love as well, Small Town. Uh, yeah. Dead End Lives and Fuck Your Life. And <laughs> Is there certain characters being referenced there or is it people just stuck in small town mentality? Or Jamie? Yeah, that's, that's kind of the, <laughs> the source of it. Again, the original set of lyrics for this was a bit maybe... The person would know who <laughs> who was getting spoken about. Okay. How much of your chips, pal? We know to Dan down in Cork there, following the signs. So he knows. He kind of knows what we're talking about. Fucking uh, Dan from yeah, following signs, lovely dude. Yeah. Shout out Dan. Yeah. But this way, there was somebody we tried to hold close, but fuck me, it was hard work. Um, okay. Tight as hell. Mm. Um, Always had money for other stuff, and we'll not go into it. No, no, that's cool. Pork will tell you all about it. <laughs> yeah, but it's a brilliant dead, song. Dead ex members. Yeah, it's a good um, it's got a great bass, great bass rhythm on that one. I love it. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Next one, um, parasitic cunts. One of these songs that it didn't really have lyrics, kind of properly right until maybe a month before we recorded the album. I should have been more prepared. Uh, yeah. Because I, I, I honestly, my mum's got Alzheimer's. And I kind of, I think I've, I've had the early onset of that for the past 10 years because I can't remember very much. It's all the weed, man. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the next song is, is my favourite out of the album. And I've got a great pitch for you as well Failure. Any of you heard, heard of the Crow Mags? Yeah. You would have had, yeah. That reminds me of one of their songs, We Gotta Know. Yeah. So what you need to do for it, that's your next single, by the way, right? That's your next single. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. And what you need to do is get Alan Swan involved, right? Black and white footage yeah. of you playing one of your favourite, probably, venues. The single and the video under wrap there straight away. It's, it's one of the things that, that's probably one of my least favourite songs, my least favourite song on the album. Really? But it's the same way... On You Will Burn, there was a song, Meet Your Maker. Yeah, class song. Which, on that album, that was a song that I wasn't really 100% sold on. I didn't see that. But after it was recorded and that, it kind of grew on me, and it's one of my favourite on the song, on the album now. Mm -hmm. um, did I shock you into <laughs> submission there, lads? What do you think of Failure yourselves? <laughs> Uh, it's probably one of my favourites to play, to be honest. I like playing it. That's brilliant. The build-up. 
it's pure aggression. You can sense it coming with the start and the build, the build, the build, and then it takes off, man. Uh, different direction. <laughs> Top quality. The way we write, I usually try and just in a practice room, these guys making a noise and I just hum along to it. And it's basically me humming. It's <laughs> all those words together. It was literally made up on the spot. There's nothing, no idea where it came from. It just came. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that actually came from two d- separate songs. Failure, what? like the intro. The intro was like another song, and then we added it on. Yeah, I'd say you're right with that one, Liam. Yeah, just it's kind of split in two, yeah. really, isn't it? I think. I think the intro was like probably the only riff. Bef- obviously, before Ross joined the band, we we had another guy playing bass, and we went through a. We went through a kind of huge period where we were trying to write it because obviously the last album was like recorded in 2015, 2016. So there's been a kind of quite a big period of time in between that. But what kind of happened was I had all these riffs for the album and we'd bring them in and, and we would jam them and stuff like that. And he wouldn't get involved and he would just sit there nodding his head and looking at his phone. And pretty much everything that was recorded, everything that was like written for that album, when he left the band and, and when Ross came on board, I essentially kind of started from scratch, apart from probably the only thing he would have ever really heard was the very beginning of Failure. Okay. And then the rest of the song kind of got added, added later. So that's the only thing that really survived from that kind of era with the band. Yeah, so that's my uh, tip for the next single anyway. And if you do get Alan Swan and if you do record it at a live venue, I'm going to be there and I'm going to crowdsource for that song, man. I was, I was thinking a venue would be Banshees, but I can't really think anywhere where you could jump. I mean, we've got that shelf. <laughs> you could build something. Maybe a diving platform. Yeah. yeah. Diving board. Yeah, yes. class, man. So next song up, um, Suicide. Um, we're going to give it, give this a listen to actually um, yep. brilliant brilliant single
Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, great selection to promote the album. Where do we start with that one? It's, it's a subject we all have to acknowledge, especially in the metal community. Um, I know you feel strongly about that, Jamie, especially you being involved as well um, with Suffer. Um, Bailey Jr.'s yeah. brilliant short film as well. Um, yeah, it's pretty brutal. <coughs> Thank you. This, this, um... Can we we'll talk first about the song, because I want to talk to you also about the documentary as well. But the song, I think you had that probably in 2018, had you? Yeah. Yeah, first time we came over to Ireland, we we had that in our set. In fact, we had the one of us fucked in fascist in the set as well. Mm. Um, but that one's suicide was... Um, in a way, it's quite an emotional song. Um, the guys, they came out with something, I kind of likened it to sort of a Menra type thing. That's what was kind of going through my head when I first saw I heard it. Um, and I've seen them a few times and things, and it's the, the, the emotion that comes out of them. But it's kind of through sort of personal experience, the dealings with suicide. Um, namely, one of them, hence the reference to the the sea at the beginning, lapping. That was Daz's idea to put that in, because he knows where it comes from. Okay. Um, it was probably, I don't know, I think it was 2014. Um, I was um, we were on a holiday to Holland. We took the boat from Newcastle to Amsterdam, and then we were on a holiday in a place called Wassena. But when you get the feeling that you want to throw yourself off the side of the boat, it's like, it was, I don't even know where I came from, to be honest. And I think that's, this is what people need to realize is you need to talk about it because sometimes it just comes from nowhere and you, you don't even fucking know. Um, I know plenty of people that's had to deal with, I know up until recent recent times, the tail end the last year, there's somebody very close to me who's um, thankfully still here. But to see somebody who didn't even know anything was going on crumble before your eyes sort of thing. And then right in the middle of the, when he was dealing with it all, somebody very close to him and some, somebody I knew myself hung himself. And then... Um, just watching them fall to pieces was fucking heartbreaking. And uh, it kind of brought a lot out to head, but I'd already, I wouldn't say I've dealt with it. I'm certainly not where I was. Um, but when we wrote it, in fact, it wasn't when we wrote it. It was, I think it was maybe, it must have been when we first came over to Ireland it wouldn't be that long after Scott Hutchinson of um, Frightened Rabbit threw himself off the Porth Road Bridge. And that really hurt home then. Somebody that's, when Scott was from Selkirk, where I used to live in Selkirk, Liam's in Selkirk, Daz was brought up in Selkirk. Ross lives 10 miles from Selkirk. I mean, this, this was a local band to us and somebody who maybe didn't know that well, but it still, it was quite personal. So to see that happening, I'd been I'd been drinking with um, Scott's brother in the in the pub in Selkirk before. Lovely guy, but it's 
it just creeps up on you and it keeps saying to I say, say a Ross and Liam a few times, I said, look, anything, just fucking say something, just talk, because it's the best thing you can possibly do, best thing you can do, because it's it's the hardest thing, but it's the best. And I know when um, we were going over to Europe the first time, and I completely screwed, screwed it up because I, I, I buried my head in the sand and then um, kind of dropped the guys in it a wee bit and I felt like it, but I, I just, I kind of know I could beat the Daz with anything really and I told them what was going on and I could only play one show and I missed it, two crackers and I kicked myself this day missing the show in Paris. I really, yeah. these best Hats <laughs> off to this. Hats off to Liam and Daz and he who he who we won't talk about um, for carrying on just as a three piece because the footage I've seen of it, it looked great. I never saw anything about Paris, but I saw the one that played in um, Poison, um, <laughs> which is another story. <laughs> we've been back there, but. Um, <laughs> I'd be looking for tour stories off you later. When we get the cork, this is not for them. But yeah, it's just talk to somebody. So I just want to bring you on briefly now to um, to uh, suffer um, with Bailey Jr. Did all of you see the, sh the short documentary, lads? Liam Ross and Des, yeah? Uh, no, yeah, no. yeah, it's um, it's fairly raw and uncompromising. Look at isolation, I suppose, mental health and suicide. He did a fantastic job at it. It's just a slow build up to the whole process of it. It's fairly dark, and mm. um, I think it gets its message across really well. What do you think, Jamie? Yeah, it was well, well, Bailey was supposed to be coming with us to Ireland for when we were coming over to do those four shows. Um, and it was, I was popped around to see him just to go over the financing and passports and all that crap. And um, he was talking about it. He showed me the sh what he'd filmed so far. And he was needing some vocals and various other um, musicians to put some... I hate to put myself in amongst musicians. For fuck's sake, I just shout. But, um, just to get involved to to help out with the music and stuff for it like so it's um i think he says himself that everybody that was asked said yes so it was a hundred percent response and i mean it was it was great i mean i've never done anything like that before i've always been with, like with dazzle my previous bands and things like that i've never i've never done like side projects as such um and would you know Stu Gordon, who organised the whole thing, produced it, etc.? You all probably know Stu. Is he local on the scene? I know his studios and stuff as well. He's the... He it does sound in um, Bannermans, doesn't he, does? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, he does a, a recording studio down in Leith in Edinburgh. Uh, nice guy. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the soundtrack, Call of the Returning Wild, was the, the one you were involved in, Jamie. Yeah. It seemed it's it seems a very long track, but I mean it's just there's probably a combination of a lot of music running right through, but it culminates mm -hmm. in that song. And um, mm -hmm. give a shout out to members is it of Spire and Throne, Sapien, We Ate, Them Off the Floor, Endless Swarm, 
yeah. and Tommy Concrete as well. He yeah. gets exploited, yeah. He yeah. seems a fucking dude and a half, actually, Tommy. He's got his finger on many pies. He's, uh, he's got, uh, he's got um, quite a history. He's, I think he, he, he's got ants in his pants, is what my mum would say. He's, he's, always, he's always doing something, I think. So he's, he seems a decent guy. Um, quite impressed with what they came out with. It was himself, um, Alex, and Endless Swarm, and mm. Simon for uh, we ate them off the floor that were playing when I got there. And um, I basically did 12 seconds of screaming absolute shite. So that's basically what it was. There's no lyrics or anything. It's just it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, the last two songs then, lads, Stormy Waters and another personal favourite. I think that's the last song. Like, for fuck's sake, everybody's going to love Chug Chuggery. <laughs> <laughs> but Stormy Waters. Tommy Daniels. <laughs> talk us through that, Daz. Well, Stormy Daniels was the working title for it. Uh, that was that was one of them. It was kind of what I love about this band is the fact that nothing's kind of off the table musically, mm. and it's like departure from what we kind of normally do in that. Uh, but I think it worked to really well, you know. Well, the the one that's going to get everybody fucking head banging will be Chug Chuggery. Um, <laughs> I'd say you'd fun with that, Daz. Yeah, definitely did. Yeah, that's the only working title that actually remained. It was like, it was like that's that's what the song's called. And what does WCAS mean? Wizards, castles, and shit. <laughs> and the kind of pre- the, I the did ask. Pre- if the premise, if if you listen to the lyrics, are quite bleak, mm. you know, and. I suppose it was a bit of a metaphor for how I was feeling at the time. And that you can you get up, you go to work, you do this, it, it it's just everything's a trudge in life. And then the end was kind of to represent the wizards' castles and shit is like you you fill your life kind of revolving around things like Game of Thrones and stuff like that as a distraction. Mm, but that's that's what it is, it's really just a distraction. Yeah, and that was kind of why that was kind of when we recorded that. That was how I wanted it to kind of be. It was kind of like you know what life's shit. It's got to continue being shit until you break the cycle, and then there's a oh, look at that, you know, wizards, <laughs> you know, and that that is that's kind of what it's supposed to kind of you know. Plus, it sounds cool as fuck. Let's be honest. Does, but really, of course, it does, yeah. The really cool thing is, it's like it never used to end like that. Ah. It it ended slightly differently, right? And we always kind of joked that it sounds a bit Black Sabbathy at the end. Mm. So I fell asleep on my couch this night, and you know what it's like when you're on YouTube. It's like if you fall asleep, it kind of just it just goes off on a tangent on the thing. So I woke up to Black Sabbath from like two or three years ago, playing somewhere in Spain or that, right? And they started the set with Black Sabbath. And I woke up just as they were coming on stage in that and realized this, the riff I was playing wasn't just Black Sabbathy. It was fucking Black Sabbath. You know? <laughs> That's the magic so, of the man. So we added two extra notes in. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, like the whole album itself, and I think you touched on it, 
there, Daz, that like, I mean, it's a fucking angry album. You're wishing a lot of debt on fucking people that have obviously you've probably come in contact with, you know, the whole cycle of shit that we're all going through with politics as well. But what I love about it is if you take it aside, the mu- a lot of the music that's in it will actually fucking, as a metal fan, will make you smile and go, fucking yes, boy. Yeah, we're no fucking wild, right? Yeah. Nobody is, but, man. If you like metal, but, nobody is. Yeah, but I mean, that was, that was pure... It kind of brings us perfectly on to the fact when you look at the cover art... Oh, good. Yeah, I was going to go on to that, the, yeah. The, the whole kind of... The whole thing when... when when I was kind of spitballing ideas in that was the fact that it's a, it's a bleak album because that's kind of where we all kind of were mentally and, you know, and the world, you know, it's like we're all affected by it. But the cover's there to symbolise the fact that there's hope, you there know? There is hope, yeah. And the you cover, know? the cover, everybody, is done by the master himself, oh. Colin Bulger. Uh, of Zahora and the Bulger design. He was working on, on that, and I was just going, Jesus Christ, that, that would make a fantastic T-shirt. I didn't think it was actually going to end up on an album cover, especially Razor Sharp one, compared to the one that you did previously, you know? Yeah, he, he fucking knocked it out of the park. I mean, the design brief that he got, I kind of drew in five minutes kind of thing, and as I say... But was it, it better than Jamie's uh, drawing of when you were coming to Cork with Luke the Wolf? <laughs> no, I've still got them. In fact, in fact, I found them yesterday. Old on eBay yet? <laughs> I'm actually thinking I'm I'm going to put them in maybe the first ten albums or something. <laughs> Freebies. <laughs> put them as flyers, man, to promote the next album. Yeah, no, that was a work of art. But you know that that was kind of the. It, it was designed to, in amongst all this, kind of, there's always hope, you know? Mm. Did Colin get any of the music for that? Or did he just work off what he what he gave him, as in your rough design? And You know, I think Jamie gave him the, yeah, the album. The album. Oh. Yeah. He's a genius, lads, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I, it was Daz that found it. We found the, um, seen some of his work. Was it Grey Stag stuff or something? It, yeah. it was Grey Stag. Working that, I loved the, I loved the uh, the one for the guide and that. Mm. Uh, it was the one for the boats. Mm. I really, really loved that. And then it kind of came up in my feed somewhere, so I kind of clicked on the link to his, to his site and saw it and thought, "Fucking, this is a guy that has to do it," kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to get the t-shirt. I hope there's a good selection of merch for this. Yeah. Hopefully. What do you think, Ross? Were you happy with the album cover? Yeah, it was brilliant. Are you into that side of things, the art side of things? Yeah, there's nothing better than some... Yeah, it's important for the scene, yeah. especially especially our scene anyway, if you've got yeah. a good art, artist on board, man, and he does knocks out the park with, with something like that. People straight away will be drawn to it. I collect a lot of CDs in that, and I sometimes I don't even listen to a lot of them, but I take them out just to Look at the covers and that. Class, man. Oh, you have a question, actually. I was on to Luke from Dog Tired, right? No, no, no it's true. <laughs> and first of all, he wants to know when are the razor-sharp bowling team fleeces coming out? 
Honestly, hang on. I'm I'm actually nearly at those pictures. I'm just I'm just trying to find a picture of merch. But just carry on talking. I'll I'll maybe find. They technically shouldn't be far away. Obviously. Oh, it came in a lockdown. There's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, spoke to, I spoke to a local company to get them embroidered um, with our logo on them and get um, what the hell was it on the back? It was um, Team Tadger Bowling. That was it on the back of it. <laughs> did, did Luke tell you the story about the, the bowling? No, that's why I brought it up. Yeah, right. So we were on a ferry to Ireland, funnily enough, and what we kind of noticed, it was the first time we came across we were on. And there was, on the way back, there was these guys from a bowling team. <laughs> and they just got, the more they drank, the louder and louder and louder they got. And I fucking hate loud people. Yeah. You know, fucking partied out for, his, for the tour. Where, and they, where were they from? Yeah, I think they were somewhere okay uh, they were from scotland okay. yeah so, so anyway what happened was we we came to ireland and i can't remember if it was the way across or the way back we went on and it's like really quiet i think it was the way back it's like really quiet in that and we were kind of sitting there and obviously i do the driving so i wasn't drinking but everybody else was drinking and we were getting louder and louder and then i suddenly like realized everybody was moving away from us and I just stopped everyone and went, are we the bowling team? Everybody's moving yeah, away from the bowling team. Everybody we just looked fucking raging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was a great tour. I, I caught you with, with um, Luke. And I met you, Jamie. We've been a few photos there as well. What does Luke bring to the band? Apart from the mayhem, obviously. Sophistication. <laughs> Decent solos. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, Daz. <laughs> anyway, he wishes you uh, the best of luck as well with the album launch. So that was that's. It's a good. Yeah, did you see Lord of, of the Vile? Actually, that was released yeah. this weekend. So we we'll give him a shout yeah. out there. Yeah, that's a good video. Yeah. Now totally fitted in, amazingly. But the whole guy, all the guys in that band are great. Yeah, and Alan, the, Alan Swan that we mentioned earlier, he's he's a great guy as well. If you ever meet Alan, ask him to do his dolphin impression. <laughs> okay. Yeah, something to behold. I aspire to be as great as him one day. So, like, I have to bring it up because I mean, no more than any of you were gutted. Um, you have a big fan base in Ireland. You've come here a few times and uh, it's fair to say we all just fucking love you over here. Um, you had a great tour set up. Dublin was a bit worn out in Black Shock. Shout yeah. out to Brendan. Yeah. Brendan's sound. Mm. That, that, even just that lineup alone in Dublin was sick. Mm. Um, Galway was Black Shock and Psychotic Outsider and Cork was Black Shock following the signs. Mm. Big fan of here. Um, shout out to Dan and Noel as well. Mm. So yeah, that that's a bit gut wrenching, lads, wasn't it? Yeah, it was unfortunately, it was the right decision. We all know that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. 
you know. But like, hopefully the stars will align and we'll be back. Yes, you know. Um, and of course, everybody will know the album at that stage. So he yeah, sang back to you know. Yeah. It'll be the one of the first things we try and organise is sorting out an Irish tour because we were doing that one in April, along with Siege. Along with Siege, of course, yeah. And it was, um, I'd already had it in my head that we were going to get back over by the end of this year. Mm -hmm. That's when to shit. So it'll just be, when it happens, when we're able to, we'll be over. Brexit might fuck everything up as well, but we'll find a way. Uh, yeah. Whether we have to just come over and borrow gear or whatever, we don't know what's going to happen because our fucking country's fucked it for us. Like, so, um, I know, yeah. It's, um, it's uh, Your last gig, I think, was in Glasgow on the 8th of February. Was it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Or was Mental. it? It was maybe Hellraiser. That was it, yeah, I think. Is that what it was called? Yeah, there was a few bands on yourself. It was in Glasgow on the 8th of February, anyway. That was the last time he played. There was a, that anonymous, an anonymous, an, an, I can't speak. And, and how do you pronounce that band? Anonymous. Oh, in, in uh, Bannermans. Yeah, was that the last one? That was the last one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was a good night. But, like, that's that was, yeah. when, you, when you look back, like, we're nearly in June, lads. And, uh, yeah. Um, what's going to happen, obviously, is when it is lifted, there's going to be double bookings. There's going to be chaos. Everybody's going to be trying mm. to pick and Yeah. I'm sure we had, like, 14 gigs booked, and it's went to, like, zero in, like, the space of a week. Okay. We still got one left. Have we got one left So October. Yeah. Was it the Swell Belly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. the reunion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, our yeah. man. If I get an invite, I'll come over. That's all I'll say. You're invited. <laughs> you're invited if you're allowed in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you looking at vinyl? I saw you, you put up, just put a feelers, a few feelers around. Um, yeah. Elder, Druid, Elder Druid got a great deal on vinyl off some crowd in UK and in Wickham. I meant to check that out for you, actually. Sorry, lads. Um, can't remember the name of them, but uh, they got a great deal. Yeah. That's um, if you're going down that road, you know. It's, I think it's what we need, we kind of need to do, but. A lot of people want it. Yeah, but we're, we're completely self-financed. You hear plenty of bands that say, oh, DIY and all that shit. And I get a fucking piss taken out of me, fucking plastic punk and all the rest of it. And I was just like, it's like, we fucking work hard for this shit. It was like, Every little bit is coming out of our pocket, and Jamie. Every band in Ireland is self-financed. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's across the board, you know. It's just the the vinyl thing is the uh, it's expensive. I think I think it's going to happen. I need to we need to work some um, magic out with some <laughs> some finances. I've I've I've, I've sourced. Where I think we'll get it from. It's the same um, company that does his old band Swellbell. He's uh, used and based in Czech Republic. They, they've got the probably well, they've got a track record, so we know that they're reliable. Um, get a decent product out of it. But what I'd like to do is a color vinyl, 
Um, <laughs> it's it's but, just I have to laugh, man. It's every metler's dream in the the color. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I've said, I spoke to Daz and Ross earlier on. We're testing out the Zoom call, and I said, "Let's get it gold, so I can have a gold disc up on my fucking wall." <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the whole hog. Go platinum. Fuck it. <laughs> go platinum. Yeah. Nah. nah, it's something really want. Really want to do it, but it's like it's. We want to do t-shirts as well because we've got. I've, I'll, if I find it, I'll find the designs for t-shirts. Um, Colin did design for t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, and hoodies for us as well. <sighs> and there's a lot. There's a lot there, man. You've um, you've a bit of time on your hands anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, so it'll come, it'll come. Yeah. It's just a head fuck at the moment. There's no other way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. If he had a choice, right, in Edinburgh, if Razor Sharp, Dead Blizzard could do a mini festival of five of the best Scottish bands for a load of Irish lads to come over, who'd be on it? Fuck. <laughs> oh, <shit>. Can I <laughs> nominate Dog Tired anyway? That's a, that's a given. Yeah, that's a fucking given. Uh, okay. Sapien. Mm. Okay, Sapien, yeah. Without a fucking doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Axa, they were another one of Luke's. They're great. Luke can't do triple duty. Are you joking me? He, I presume when this festival's on, he's going to be playing with G and Dog Tired. So that's... Uh, <laughs> Come on, even another three. It's actually really, really hard. Can we do 10? <laughs> we're looking for a time when, like, every band's at the top of their game. Yeah. The, scene, the scene's kind of like in Ireland, really. It's thriving. It's been shit for years, and it's 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 a lot... It's totally different than it was maybe five years ago. Uh, yeah. Come on, you've got... Your, your, there's like, yourselves and Dog Tired, Sapien. Give me two more. I like Hammer. Yeah, Hammer class. With his Keith. From dog tired to other bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dog tired are in every band. There's somebody in dog tired in every band in Scotland. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was, I don't know the guys, but I don't know if I should give June a shout as well because I would say June are. Uh, Spell that. J U N E. No, it's D V. Dune. Oh, Dune. Oh, okay, okay. They, they Dune. Are... Dune in Ireland. Dune. Dune the water. There's so many. I mean, King Witch you've got. Um, I'd have fucking King Witch on, but that's just me. Anyway. So look, that's four. I'll give you King Witch, and I want one more. Iron um, Altar. Iron Altar. Done, dusted. That's the five. Come on, Ross. As I say, we, we're living through a crazy time up here, mm. you know? Fucking, every band's killing it, you know? Okay, yeah. All right, so give us five bands from Ireland you bring over. Grey Stag. Hey. Black- <laughs> Got to be Grey Stag. We'll have to say Black Shuck or we'll never be forgiven. Yeah. But uh, Black Shuck. <laughs> Tombs. Sora. I, I bought the album, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, Any shout out for uh, 
few others I can't name names, man, because uh, it'll be just a uh, favourite. Uh, worn out. I thought worn out were great. Um, we saw him at Urban Assault. They were fantastic. <laughs> Witnessed a vocalist spew fucking everywhere in the toilet. Obviously, uh, full times and brother Dan. Funnily enough, Penton uh, Slug, definitely. Penton Slug, there you go, man. I, I fucking saw Ronan fucking puke his guts up in front of us at a, when, he, when they were playing live, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw somebody throw tomato sauce on there, Ronan. <laughs> well, it wasn't salt, man. Slugs don't fucking like salt. Over it. And it's Edinburgh. Yeah, I got covered in it as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Fucking class, lads. Yeah. Um, one other thing, you know, give us um, a few tour stories. <laughs> Finish on a high, give us a few stories from the tours. There's so many. I don't know if there's anything that you could see on here. Um, <laughs> A, two, a story from where? Maybe give us a... You actually, um, this is a side note, but I meant to say it to you, um, you, you got to see Father Ted's house as well, which is pretty cool. Yes, did that. And a fucking parking ticket in Galway. <laughs> <laughs> fucking 70 euros or something, we got fined. I'd say that a hard, track, hard time tracking you down. Yeah. Oh, the thing yeah. is, it's like, in the, old, in the olden days, I would have just fucking ripped it up, but... The plan was to come back to Ireland, so it was like, right, we pay it, kind of thing. Oh, uh, and then we, then we got done for no paying the toll uh, in Dublin, <laughs> even though we had like a receipt and everything like that. And you get this email back saying, "It's like, okay, we'll look at it and that." But obviously, if we find against you, you'll get fined. And it's like, I'll just give you the fucking receipt for paying it. Right. And my bank, yeah. my bank account details as well. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, so come on. Um, your stories are probably looking at shop bar. Really, is the best one. Go yeah, on, that, give us that one, Liam. Go for it, shop come bar, on, Liam. From your Good eyes, no things that should have been filmed. Yeah. What the one? The one on the the night before Jamie left. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually stretching here to get ready for the story. I'm with you, buddy. Come on. It involved. It involved. It inv definitely involves drugs. <laughs> and alcohol. Uh, and alcohol. Mm. And alcoholic drugs. Where do you start? Yeah, where do you start with that one? Where did it all begin? Let's start from Marcus's um, barbecue. I can't even remember that. So where's the location, first of all, lads? It's Switzerland. Where? It's a place called Biel, Bien in Switzerland. Oh, okay. So you're in Europe. Right, good. Yeah. And uh, there's this festival called Trot Bar Festival. It's a, a kind of, it's a squat, but it's not a squat. They rent the land and they all live in sort of cabins and stuff like that. And they have a festival every year, which kind of goes towards the upkeep and that. So that was technically like our first shows in, in Europe. And uh, we traveled out, which was crazy. We, we're traveling through, one of the stories, we're traveling through the, the Alps and we did the tour in a Citroen C3. Four of us were all gear. <laughs> well, basic gear, like guitars and heads and stuff like that. So we're crammed into this car. Drove all the way to Switzerland in this fucking Citroen C3. Where was Ross sitting? 
Uh, Russ wasn't in the band at the time. Okay, so it's back. <laughs> Wait, what year is this? Uh, it was the year before Russ joined the band, I'm okay. sure. You needed yeah. a fucking sunroof for Ross, anyway. That's okay. <laughs> Never have city then. Okay, yeah, go on, yeah. Good. So you're in this Citroen driving, yeah. So we're driving through the Alps, and it's like we're on this fucking hill going down, right? And there's a car tailgating me, right? And this <laughs> usual fucking tailgating me. So I pulled across. Is this car full of fucking nuns drive past us, and they've all got the rosary beads in the back, praying. They're all in this shit. Went <laughs> past us this fucking hill where like a thousand foot drop on the side. Oh, fucking hell. That's crazy. So we've we've kind of we've arrived there, and so you're fucking it, telling me a bunch of fucking penguins was past driving the- faster than you on a fucking hill. Uh, on a cliffside. <laughs> we arrived at this festival and essentially got absolutely fucked. I had to go to my bed before we played. Luckily, we played at four o'clock in the morning. So we've played this. We've played this show. Crazy ha- people hanging off the lighting rigs and everything like that. Right? Mm. Saw some mental like uh, hip hop bands playing this big tent outside as well. So afterwards, this guy called Fred, who was like. My old band Swellbellies, he was like our manager and made sure we didn't die or anything like that. So Fred had kind of, he was there uh, helping organise and stuff like that. So Fred started kind of supplying us with what I always kind of warned him. It's like, you'll be offered special beer. Don't touch the special beer. Hmm. So we've played the show. We're in this cocktail bar on the site and somebody's went oh you want some beer and it's like six o'clock in the morning by this point we've played amazing show and that so the guy appeared with all these beers for us which was like special beer which is like i think there's cocaine and fucking speed and you name it it's in it at this point i have no idea what's going on i'm just drinking beer (laughs) everybody's drank the beer and i I remember at, at one point jamie had lost the car keys so all the tents and everything are in the car. We've nowhere to stay other than there's like a bit for the bands to stay in that. So eventually, I think Liam went and found him. Yeah. Got, he got into the car, got the tent, because the key was in his pocket. He'd got into the car and he was lying in the tent and we'd had a bag of crisp paprika crisps. And Jamie's lying in the tent, fast asleep with his hand in this big bag of crisps. What was funny about it though, like you could re- you could almost see his st- footsteps where he'd been. Like the door was open on the back of the car, and you could see where they'd like rustled through just to get the crisps. You had to actually dig for them. There was like a whole dugout for the crisps. And I just went into the tent. I was like, Jamie, you seen the keys? He just lying there, like. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a there was a point there was a point <laughs> where we went we went looking for Graham were all bass player and that. And it's like, as I say, it's a, it's a bit like Mad Max. They had these amazing kind of like, there's fire pits and there was these motorbike things that, on a carousel kind of thing going around and it would go up in the air and it was shooting flames. And it's fucking, you can't explain to people kind of how crazy and Mad Max this shit is. So I'm, walk, I'm walking to try and find everybody. And I've got, it's like... Uh, it was still dark. Yeah, back at 78. Right. Okay. It's still kind of like dark kind of thing. And we're, walk, we're walking through. 
and out of the kind of gloom comes Jamie, and he's got, yes. got like his only a sleeping bag on. He's got his around <laughs> him, and we've got Graham. He's like walking along, being sick, and <laughs> really proud. <laughs> kind of this had happened, kind of thing, you know, because this this was with my old band. This was kind of like. Every gig was like this kind of thing, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. And did you have to drive that day then to get... No, we, we were like this. We, we stayed there for a couple of days. Fuck pretty much me. in the same kind of state. It was just like fucking mayhem. I think it, I think that's when Jamie went home and then we stayed for like another couple of days in that yeah, yeah. wee lodge that we built. Broke, broke the bass player. He had like a fucking psychotic episode kind of there. <clears throat> and then... And then we drove to, after that, we played Paris, which was the first show. We'd pl we'd, we played two more shows after that as a three-piece because Jamie had had to go home. Mm. And we drove to Paris, but we broke the journey and we, we camped this night and got fucking soaked. I'm sure there's, like, footage on the, the internet or emptying the tent out. I remember waking up at, like, like two, three o'clock in the morning and I couldn't figure out, because I'm in, like, a Gore-Tex bivy bag inside the sleeping bag, in the tent and I couldn't understand why I was wet and then realised there was about a foot of water in the tent. Ah, oh, Jesus. That was a rough night. Yeah, so I've ended up like climbing out the car. So anyway, never got any sleep. We drove to Paris and there was a there was a problem with the venue that had, somebody was telling us, because everything's kind of secondhand in broken English. Uh, Fred was driving another band and he's arrived and he's like, right, this is what's going on in that. And it's like, right. So we thought there was an 11 o'clock curfew and at 10 to 11, the band before us were still technically on stage. Mm. So we were sitting there like, we've had no sleep. We got soaked. It's fucking miserable. We're kind of like, one, two more gigs to go kind of thing, you know, and, and get home. And uh, it, turned, it turned out sort of like they finished playing and the guy's like, oh, no, it doesn't matter about the curfew. And ended up playing like the most amazing show. And I, I've played a lot of shows. It was probably the best show I've ever played in my life. It was just funny as fuck. <laughs> at, at one point, the club owner was on stage, kind of pouring vodka down her throats. And, and there was people, there was like a one of these dance pole things, you know, and there was like people like fucking dancing on, like spinning on the pole and everything on the end of the stage. And that, it was crazy. You couldn't. These, you are, these are French <laughs> people, you're about. Yeah, yeah. French. Yeah. And, and everybody was smoking indoors, which was crazy to me. <laughs> there was just, all you could see was smoke. <laughs> yeah. And what was the last leg of that then? So Par Paris was it, and then we where, where did you end up? We played this place called Boison. It's like a, a rock and bike cafe. It's kind so of it turned out to be a gay bar. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> a fucking Boison. At this at this moment in time, we didn't realise that it was it was the time after this, the tour after this that that kind of happened. But it it's like a little well, bar, kind of. It's about ten miles from the Luxembourg border, geez. and no, no. it was it was just crazy. That was the night Mam blew up on stage. I th I'm sure there's footage of that on on a, on Facebook and that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I blew up Mam kind of thing, and it was like right, let's go home kind of thing, you know. Okay, uh, it was a long drive home. <laughs> yeah. How old were you, Liam, when all this shit was happening? Because you look young anyway, if you don't mind me I, saying. I think I was 12. I think I was just 18. <laughs> I think I... Aye. 
Daz, no. you subjected him to all that shit at 18. Yeah. Fucking hell. So, I'm hard member now, lads. It's a lot to handle. It's to see, like, the, you can explain to people kind of like what tourns like and places like the shop bar and that. And that's not the only place. We played in a place called Recklinghausen in Germany, which was like, uh, that, that was, was like, a crazy show. That is fucking legendary, that place. Go on, Jamie, take over that one. That was... <laughs> That's a good story, actually. <laughs> you get there, and it's metal gates, and it's all these sort of squat places. It's like... Imagine there were movies where you, in LA where you go through the gates and there's fucking guns and shit. That's kind of what it's like. Anyway, you get in there, or go in, and, and you've got these other punks and that, and they were watching there was a local football derby on the telly. It was Dortmund versus... Can't remember who. But it was going pretty crazy. And it, after a wee while, we came apart and everybody was fucking steaming. Anyway, we played with uh, a, another band. Post Malone. <laughs> We're fucking shit. <laughs> but anyway, it was good banter. One of, one of the guys that was with them ended up having to do our sound. So the story about him having to do our sound was the town guy, well, the guy that run the place came up and said, you guys, uh, uh, you will have to do your own sound. And I was like, how the fuck are we going to do that? There's only four of us here. <laughs> we ended up having to ask this guy to just, I said, look, could you just set the levels and we'll play? But he ended up doing the sound for us, which was fantastic. But we named the sound guy Barry. He's called Barry, and, uh, and he was a lovely guy and he was playing acoustic guitar to us and he was miming along to German songs in the on the stereo and things. It was fantastic. It was... And, and where did Barry come from? <laughs> he, was he, was from he, lived in, he lived in the squat in uh, Recklinghausen. He was, uh, he was he must be what well in his fifties or something, but he was he was Jesus. he was up to scale. It was just brilliant. He could. He, he yeah. could I was speaking to him earlier on, and he was telling me the stories about he used to like uh, he was in this band and they'd like played with ACDC and stuff like that. Holy shit! <laughs> and then the drunker he got, the, the 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 I think he thought he was talking in English, but he wasn't. He kind of thing. So <laughs> I had a good conversation with him. I love people like that. That that on the, on that tour we did we played. In Boison, the at the Rock and Blues place, the Rock and Bike Cafe, we played the night before, and we played the show, and everybody kind of like over a period of time got put to bed, kind of thing. <laughs> I was all awake at like I think eight or nine o'clock in the morning, drinking schnapps and that, and then don't judge me. I had to get up at like eleven o'clock to drive to the thing, man. It's like, I've, you know, it was fucking crazy, you know. But these things happen. <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to the story, Jamie, it was Barry was doing the sound anyway for you. <laughs> yeah, Barry, Barry, the non-existent sound guy. I mean, there was a we didn't have a drum kit, obviously, because we only carried a back line minus the drum kit. So we got there and he took the drum kit down. I was like, oh, we need the drum kit. And we've got this piece of shit drunk cut out, and um, that was just really good. And I was one of the first nights we realised um, 
one of the guys, um, what was the guy's name that was at the school? Was it Johan? But uh, was the name of the guy that organised it for us in there? I can't remember, but he said, this, if we'd had vinyl, we would have sold a rake of it. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah. But it was, um, the people, that, they, were, they were lovely. And I mean, the, the night, be was it the night before? Not the night before. The first one in Sombri was, it was bloody crazy. It was like a, from the outside, it looked like a house in suburbia. But the inside had been ripped apart and there was a full cage and bar and everything. And it, it was, I mean, even Ross was, Ross smokes and he was struggling with a cigarette smoke in the place. It was, Jesus it was unbelievable. It was, uh, that was probably one of my favourite gigs, I think. It was, it was brilliant. Uh, really? The place sounded so good as well. What yeah. city was that? Dartmouth, is it? Uh, I was in Sombri. It's in uh, northern France, north uh, northwest. Okay. Uh, but in so Germany, where did you play? Dartmouth, is it? Yeah, close to Dortmund. You it's didn't hit Berlin, no? Uh, no, with this band. I've played Berlin a few times over the years and that. It's a fucking great city, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, played at places like Thigme, the underground places like the Copi and stuff like that. But. The Sombri was... Uh, it was a, an experience. I mean, we we got fed so well, and then uh, at the end of our meal, anything else you would like, guys? And if you wanted whatever drug you wanted, you had it. It was just like fucking. Another way to the offer. Yeah, yeah. The lads knew how to look after you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so none of us. A bit like Cork. <laughs> a bit like Cork. <laughs> Yeah, uh, now nah, Cork was fucking great, by the way. Yeah, it was. Um, it, was it was fantastic. It was, Did uh, you enjoy uh, Cork, Ross? How many times have you been to Ireland? Uh, twice now, and it's been brilliant both times. Yeah, man. Look, if you've any issues with passports and stuff, I'll sort you out. You know, we we can get you in there. You know, there's no hassle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, Cork is fucking brilliant. We, we, we love going over to Ireland. Um, yeah. Just, you, know, you know what? We, we were walking about Cork and feeling that. It, it, just, it just feels like being on mainland Europe. Mm. You go from Northern Ireland to Southern Ireland and it's two different places, completely different. It's like Northern Ireland's kind of like the UK. There's rubbish and shit everywhere. You go to Southern Ireland, it's just, it's nice. It's a lot nicer. <laughs> Uh, I'm not saying the people are nicer. I don't offend any Northern Irish. No, no. My father was um, my father was brought up in Kells, so I can't really offend anybody. But, um, but Ireland itself is is just just like Europe, really. So it's I I saw some footage of you as well. You were fucking wasted again. <laughs> I think it was Dublin. You were obsessing about this fucking scaffolding on a church. <laughs> that was something else. Where was that? Is that, that was Dublin? A, uh, yeah, yeah. played feathers. Fuck me. That was some scaffolding. <laughs> How the fuck did they get that there? I still don't know. Yeah, well, I was the fucking fool watching it, kind of going, is this research? Or am I just watching Jamie being drunk and the rest of them just suffering with him? <laughs> Good. That was no, that was fucking crazy. It was like you wouldn't get away with that in this country, you know. Yeah. Like some fucking planks, planks of wood, fucking tied to some other planks of wood, hanging off the side of a building. 
you know? A hundred feet up. <laughs> which, which brings us to, with a, with a label interested in us. <laughs> and one of the things he said was, I will take care of your, um, your, um, your internet presence, like your, your Facebook and your social media. What's that to stop us putting up videos of fucking scaffolding in Dublin or something? Where's the fun in that? <laughs> what was this? What was it? It was, it, did he say that your, your, your social media was detrimental to you? Yeah, there was a whole <laughs> so, we said that as much. But yeah, that's what we said. It was like, fucking fuck you. Fuck off. You know, hey, the thing is this. If at four o'clock in the morning pissed, you can't do baby shark. There's fucking <laughs> something wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Which brings us to, it ain't a tour unless you go on a ferry. Exactly. Yes. Well, we thought, like, if we ever play in England, we have to go via Ireland, so we're going on a ferry. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a part of the banter. You've got to go on a ferry, for fuck's sake. It's, it's no oh, fun. Brilliant. Lads, I must say, pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I just fucking loved all the stories as well, and, you know, having met you as well, great dudes, the whole lot. You have, I told you, a five-star album behind you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that I can give another platform for you to get to more people and you know the crack here in Ireland we love you and we want to see you as soon as possible and um, the world is fucked, sums it up nicely so there is, hope. Is, there is hope there is hope and again congratulations on a fantastic album, check out Suicide for those that are listening or watching it's a brilliant piece. Jamie and the lads explained it brilliantly as well. And um, lads, if you don't, if we don't see you over in Ireland, you'll see us over in Edinburgh for some tour or other. Anyway, we'll come over to you. All right. Well, I can say thank you, Richie, and thanks to everybody in Ireland that's helped us out because it was um, Oran Oran O'Brien um, kind of opened the door for us. We just, he did our EPK and he kept going on, so we need to get over an island. So I called his bluff, I said, like, sort us out. Who's in touch with Kev Kirwan? Um, we were playing, um, you know, playing in Dublin at Fibbers and that led to us with Brendan Murphy, with Black Shuck and playing in Galway and it just kind of went from there. And it's just, I don't know, the, the enthusiasm is just fucking there. And it is. Likewise, we want to bring these guys over, we try to get Grace, uh, Grace Tag and Black Shuck over to um, Edinburgh, I mean, Zahora, we've seen them playing in Edinburgh already, which was fucking amazing. Um, yeah. there's, a, there's a great connection between um, Ireland mm. and, and especially Edinburgh more so, but uh, yeah. it's fantastic and long may that continue as well. Yeah, yeah. you're more than welcome to come over, you're more than welcome to come over, there's a place for you to stay, there's... Um, Plenty of time to party, and we look forward to coming over to Ireland. I think I can speak for the rest of the guys. We, we just we'd already we got the whole the routine for getting over to Ireland is that uh, right? We're not going to sleep for two days probably before we fucking play. I'm glad you know that beforehand. So we just we get there and I was like, I really could do a sleep, sleep. Fuck's sake! I remember we got to Galway and I was like, we weren't going to even get I to fucking Galway. hope, man. We, we, we sailed over to Larne, 
we drove for a bit and we thought, right, we'll find somewhere, we'll just crash out somewhere. Next thing we know, we're in Galway. It's like, for fuck's sake, that's that. That's that. Crash out somewhere, pissing down the rain. We were fucked. Anyway, the rest is history. The rest is history. It's part of it. It was the same when we go to France. It's don't get too deep. You don't get sleep for a couple of days and you end up fucked. But you catch up with it and it just part of the cycle of being in a band. It is, man. And, and to be fair, like we're all heading towards 50 here. At least two of us are. Three of us, actually. You know, <laughs> you know look at Liam and Ross, like still fresh faced. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, we changed quick. <laughs> You've got great role models, Liam and Ross. That's all I'll say. You've got great fucking role models. Yeah. Yeah. See the opposite. You do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads. Um, gonna leave you go again. Check out the world is fucked. It's out in July. Have you what what actual date? Seventeenth. Seventeenth of July. So there's suicide out at the moment. Check that out. It's on YouTube, and there's a lot of merch coming. Ball accounts as well. So keep an eye on Bandcamp page. And um, you can order the album on Bandcamp just now. Yeah, so. I ordered the CD actually. Um, I was thinking, fuck it, there's probably a, a t shirt and a hoodie as well that'll be coming my way as well. But whenever you get the chance to, to get that out, um, I'll be purchasing anyway. So that's it, lads. Thanks again for taking the time to talk to the Metal Cell podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having Just wish you nothing but success. Five star album all day long. Thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, lads.